Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, we will pick up with Pastor Chuck as he continues his message entitled, His Promise Still Stands. This is a broader series of messages built from the book of Exodus. We will pick him up today as he moves into Exodus chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn them to Exodus 1 as we join in with Pastor Chuck. So he says, this is important. Genesis chapter 50 verse 24 is important as we move over into Exodus. Here we go. So we're moving into Exodus. He says this in chapter 1. He lists out the names uh, uh, of, of, the, of the sons of Israel. Uh, he lists out the names here. He brings it up. These are the people. This is the children of Israel. These are bring it down in verse 6. He says, then Joseph died. Listen, it's official now. Joseph died and all his brothers in all that generation. All those that have been a part of the provision of God, seen the favor of God, seen the mercy of God, seen the grace of God, seen the power of God, seen the holiness of God. These people gone. But verse seven says, but the people of Israel, the descendants, those, those but the people of Israel, the, the children of these children and maybe their children. He said, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied, grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. But then it gets interesting. Verse 8. Now there arose a new king over Egypt. Remember, this gets good. Remember, Joseph died. Joseph had favor with the old king. But now this is a new king. And all of a sudden, here's where the tension comes in. Here's where the drama comes in. Here's where it begins to get real. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Listen, I don't need to escape nothing. God already said he's going to bring me out of. That's the first thing, devil. Let me let me just get that straight. I don't need to escape from them that God already said he's going to lead me out of. Let's get that straight. So here's the first thing. I don't need to escape. God already said he's going to deliver. He's going to bring me out. But here's what's interesting. Listen to this. He says, he said this. This is what the enemy says about us. He says, and he said to his people, behold, the people of Israel, behold, the people of rebuild, behold, the people, whatever your church is, wherever you're watching it, behold, these people, they're too many and too mighty for us. Do you understand when God gives you his grace? Do you understand what that does in the life of the believer and what the what it what it does in the eyes of the enemy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't think you get me this. The Lord just revealed this in this moment. I didn't even see this when I was going to bring this out. Listen, he says, behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. I underline it, but I ain't get this revelation. He says, come, let us deal truly with it. You're too mighty. Listen, God has given you his grace. Uh, let me take, let me go right here so you'll know I'm not tripping. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, here we go, verse 9, he says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, listen what the apostle Paul says, listen to his revelation, therefore I will boast, not boasting in me, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ 
may rest upon me. Listen, some of you need to learn how to praise in your pain. If you learn how to praise in your pain and what you're doing is praising the great God who's a healer, a deliverer, a way maker, a mind regulator. If you learn how to praise your God in a place of pain, if you know how to worship your God in weakness, he says, listen, that's where he found the power of Christ will rest upon him. And listen, family, if you can do that, here's what the enemy will say. You too mighty for me. Almighty, I wish you could get that by the spirit. He says, listen. If you learn, that's a divine strategy right now. If you learn how to worship in your weakness, if you learn how to praise in your pain, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, the Lord says that you now take on his power. And the enemy looks now, according to Exodus chapter 1, the enemy looks and says, them people, them people right there, they become too many and they're too powerful. They're too mighty. That's why family, this is what, listen, listen, listen. This is why I tell you all the time, there's a corporate grace that is on the body of Christ. If you haven't committed and submitted to a local church body, you are missing the experience of the power of God in a way that you cannot experience that power individually. You can, listen, hear me clear. I don't want you to mess this up. Listen, you can experience the grace and power individually. Absolutely. There are too many examples. This is the Apostle Paul talking about this, about himself individually. He's experiencing the grace and power of God individually. But whoa, what happens when we all band together and we're all of one mind, one spirit, striving together in the same way with the same mindset now the enemy says we're now reproducing in the earth. We, we are exceeding. We're being fruitful and we're increasing greatly. We're multiplying and we're exceedingly strong. And the whole land gets filled with power filled, faith filled believers in the earth. That's why it's important to be a part of a local body of believers. If you haven't committed and submitted to it, if you keep dating the church, if you keep teeter-tottering one foot in, one, if you keep doing the hokey pokey, it doesn't work. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. We have to learn how to worship God in our weakness. Why? Because we put the enemy and our enemies on notice that my God is faithful. My God promise still stands. Whenever you do that, what you do is you put on a physical demonstration, a physical representation that the promise still stands. So here he goes. He says, listen, I got to get them. Listen, listen, we got to deal shrewdly, shrewdly with them because they're going to try to escape. So then he says this. Verse 12. Look how interesting this gets. Verse chapter one. He says, but the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. Listen, I'm just trying to, listen, all I can do is try to encourage you by the spirit and build you up in faith. That's all I can try to do right now. That's all I can try to do right now is just encourage you in the spirit and build you up in faith. Listen, it says, but the more they were oppressed, do you realize that your, <laughs> your oppression can still give you progression? Somebody put in, hey, cuz, hey, Sonia. Hey, listen, can you put that? Can, hey, Maria, listen, Maria, I need you to put that. Maria, I need you to understand this, Maria. Maria, I need you to understand this. Since you right there, it says, listen, it says this. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied 
and the more they spread abroad and the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. Listen, very simply right now, by the spirit of God, even in your even in your oppression, God can still give you progression. We say that right there. Let me just leave that right there. The more listen, you can experience oppression in Christ. You can experience oppression that still leads to progression if you can't, if you keep the right perspective, if you keep a kingdom perspective, as much as they were persecuted in the early church days, the gospel kept going forth. Even in oppression, God still brings forth progression. God, you are good. The promise still stands. Promise still stands. Promise still stands. Even, listen, I'm just going to keep moving, keep moving. And listen, verse 13, this is important. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter. Made their lives bitter. I want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about that, verse 14, because this is important. This is setting up the rest, spawning up the rest of the text. This is spawning up the rest of what we're going to walk through. Listen, listen. They were experiencing a life of better. Joseph was on the scene. Joseph, anointed by God, called by God, favored by God, was able to be used by God in order to serve the nation of people, his family, his community, the whole entire nation. Even the, he's, not even, he's not even a native of this particular land, and he finds a, a favor in the eyes of Pharaoh in the king, and they put him up in a high position in their kingdom. You know what I'm saying? God can favor you so good that he gives you a high position in the enemy's kingdom. In a land, and that doesn't even have to be, it can be a land, uh, it can be in a, in a corporation, it can be in a business, uh, it can be in an industry, uh, wherever it is, he can favor you so much he can give you position in a high, in an industry that you didn't even think you would be connected to or a part of, a corporation that you thought you'd never work for, you'd never be doing this type of work. Never to, he can position you there by which you can be a blessing to your family, by which you'll be a blessing to the whole entire city. Or uh, how about this? He can put you in a position to be uh, uh, serving the entire nation. Who is the Lord going to send to the to the government now? Who's the Lord going to send to D.C. right now that's hearing this right now? Who would the Lord raise up to put in position of government and authority in the city of Durham, in the city of Raleigh, in the city of Charlotte, in this whole entire state of North Carolina, in the capital uh, of D.C. for our whole entire nation? Who would the Lord raise up right now? To be able to be a blessing. How is he raising you up in your family, wherever you're working at right now, to be able to be a blessing right now, to serve your family? Excuse me. Wherever you're working, how can you realize that, listen, what you're experiencing right now, maybe your boss or, or whatever is giving you problems. You got a new boss, a new director, a new supervisor, whatever, and they cutting up and they cutting up. Just hold tight. Just hold tight because the Lord had already said, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to bring you out. And so now they experience better now they come into bitter. This is important. This is important. This is vitally important. We're not going to be able to get through this uh, today. We're not going to be able to get this all of this today. We'll come back, work the word Wednesdays. We'll drive into it a little bit deeper on Wednesday. We'll recap this a little bit further. But listen, they go from better. Now they enter bitter. They're better right where they are. 
And now verse 14 of chapter one says, so the Egyptians ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter. Made their lives bitter. I want you to be honest right now. Do a self-examination. Is there any area in your heart that's bitter right now? Um, if you've ever uh, gone to make a sandwich, um, there's a loaf of bread sitting there, and you pull out the bread, and you open up, get in there, and you pull out a piece. Most of the bread looks good, and then you notice around the crust, there's a little whiteness, or maybe a little greenness, blueness, teal colorness that's right there. Uh, it looks, it appears, is that the whole bread, the whole slice of bread is good. Right in the corner, right in a piece of that, you can see like some whiteness, some mold, kind of turns green, tealish a little bit, and that part of it is bitter. Now, if you're old school, some of us used to cut that piece off, put it in the toaster, put some little heat on it, still make it work, survive, survival tactics. You got to learn how to do it. It just turns, just started the mold, just started to get uh, a little bad. It ain't all the way bad, so I learned a little trick, cut a little piece off, cut it in half, put it in that toaster, put a little heat on, still try to make it work. I don't want us, want us to work that way with this. I want us to acknowledge it. And I want God to give us something new and better. So here's what, here's what I want to point out from that. I want you to just take this moment and I want you to acknowledge, is there any bitterness in you? I know this life, this season that we're in, and it made some of us bitter. I know before Corona even hit, some of us were already bitter. You've experienced stuff prior to the last seven weeks where we've been in this stay-home situation. All this stay-home situation has made that bitterness now consume not just that one piece of bread, but now has consumed the entire loaf. Will you be honest and admit that there's some bitterness in you? And here's the thing, that bitterness may not have come from anything that you have done. Could have been somebody else, enemy. A former, former love interest, a family member, couldn't be anything, but that place has now made you bitter. And with that thought on bitterness, we're going to pause for today. Thank you for taking the time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That's www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we would love to have you join us. On our website, you can find the dates that we are meeting in person as we are still operating under a modified schedule due to the pandemic. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Please join us for our next episode when Chuck closes out his message entitled, His Promise still stands.